Welcome to the Word Made Plain with Senior Pastor Tony Clark of Calvary Chapel, Newport News in Virginia. Currently, Pastor Tony is teaching through the book of Joshua. Please open your Bible to Joshua chapter 2. Great, some great stuff we want to talk about today. So turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, as we make our way through the Old Testament on Wednesdays, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, we find ourselves in the book of Joshua in chapter 2. And Father, we pray that as we are here in your midst, that you will speak into our hearts. We're here because we need wisdom. We need direction. We need a miraculous move of your spirit in our lives. We need you to intervene on several things that's going on in our lives. Lord, we need you to show up in the midst of our situations and our circumstances. And so, God, we we came here today because we want to hear how you're going to intervene in our situations. And so, God, we pray that you would unstop the dull ears, Lord, that, God, you would soften the hardened hearts. And, Lord, that your word would be implanted upon good soil, that we may bear fruit some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. In Jesus' name, amen. Joshua chapter 2, the title of this message is God Can Save Anyone. God can save anyone. Now, I know on the surface, we we believe that mentally. And, and we will say it, and, you know, God can save anybody. And, you know, we, we, we do that. But there are people that we have in our minds right now that we won't say it with our mouths, but inside of our hearts, we're like, God can't save them. <laughs> they are too far gone. No, they're not. No, they're not. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 that he was the chief of sinners. Before God saved him, he used to persecute and kill Christians. So if he was the chief of sinners, then everyone else falls in line under him. And this includes anyone and everyone you can think of. From ISIS, terrorists, Hitler, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how wicked we think they are, including ISIS. We're going to let that marinate for a minute. God can save anyone. I mean, they're over there, you know, overseas chopping the heads off of Christians. Can God save them? Yes. They're blowing up churches in Egypt and places like that. They're not beyond God saving. God is doing a miraculous work. There's a lot of things you're not hearing. Or you'll get the either the fake news or you 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 will get some kind of news that's slanted or some some kind of way. But the Christian news from people who are actually over there, they're, they're saying that there are many Muslims that God is appearing to them in their dreams. 
that Jesus is appearing to them, showing them who they are, and, and showing them who he is, and, and they're repenting and turning to him. God is working miraculously because, see, if, if Christians try to go over there and try to share, they, their head's going to be chopped off. So God, God is, God is saying, is that too hard for me? He's appearing to them in their dreams. And so it's a great work that God is doing. So no one is beyond God. So in this chapter, we're going to be introduced uh, to a woman who had a questionable background. And we will see that even this woman was not beyond the salvation of God. Look at verses 1 through 7. It says, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove uh, to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told uh, the king of Jericho saying, behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. And so the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out our country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. And so she said, yes, the men have come to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. And where the men went, I do not know. Uh, Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. And then the men pursued them by the road of the Jordan to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now, in these verses, we see a fascinating story. Joshua, in verse 1, sends uh, two men out uh, from Acacia Grove. If you have a margin, may have Shittim. That's another name for that city. We're not going to say what it is in short. We're just going to say the name Shittim, that that's, that's what it is. It's another name for Acacia Grove, known for those Acacia trees there. It was, to, they sent, he sent them out to view the promised land, especially Jericho. And they came to the house of a harlot named Rahab. Now, I find this interesting that Joshua sent them out two by two, like Jesus would later uh, send his disciples out to preach two by two in Luke chapter 10. Also, Joshua himself was one of the ones Moses sent out, and he teamed him up with Caleb some 40 years earlier to spy out the promised land, according to Numbers chapter 13. Now, please don't miss this important point. You think that you're in the military or you work for the government or the shipyard or doctor's assistant or at Walmart or Sam's Club. No, you are spies that God has sent out to work for the government, doctor's office, shipyard and the military. You are spies. To assess the people there looking for the Rahabs who are there in need 
of salvation. When you see yourself as a spy for the Lord, looking for the Rahabs there, oh, it it should change the way that you view your job and how you look at yourself on your job. It's not a matter of you just saying, oh, God, I'm going to this job. If you see yourself as a spy looking for the Rahabs, it should change your view of how you look at your job because you're a spy sent out by God to go there. That you're not just a shipyard worker or a military person trying to make your way up the ladder. No, you're there as a spy looking for the Rahabs. That's what you're there for. So why did they go out of all the places to go? Why did they go to Rahab's house? Being a harlot, it was not uncommon for men to be coming in and out of her house at night. So they figured they can just go there and and not be seen. So it was a perfect place to go. We know that it was nighttime because verse 2 says that it was told to the king, behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out our country. So the word got out about the men and the real intentions of them to spy out the land. As you know, they did not know or realize that snitches get stitches yet. They didn't know that. But someone told the king. Someone told the king about these two men coming to spy out the land. Maybe the Israelites had a uh, a distinct look, uh, different from the people of Jericho. And, and and maybe this was the, the case. Rahab uh, will later say that everyone was afraid because of, of, of the Israelites being there. But maybe they had a conversation with some of the people of Jericho. Uh, maybe they said, you know, Rahab is the, the harlot. She's around the corner. You can go over there. Somehow word got out of their real intentions of why they were there. Oh, the same thing will happen to you as well, no matter how much you try to be discreet about being a Christian and talk to people about spiritual things and, 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 and question them about the things of the spirit. Word will get back to your king, the boss, that you're there. Oh, let me tell you, if you're, you're, if you're a real Christian, if you're a real Christian, not a weird one, trying to be super spiritual. No, if you're a real Christian, the word is going to get out about you. What will happen? According to verse three, the king sent men to Rahab's house requesting that she turn the men in. Now, the Hebrew verbs bring out and entered appears three times in this verse. And it shows that the king knew for certain that the men were in her house, that they were not just guessing. They knew without a shadow of a doubt that these men were in her house. Then Rahab in verse four took the spies and hid them on the roof and, 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 and comes up with a scheme that would satisfy the king and keep her out of trouble. She was truly the founder of the song Smooth Operator. <laughs> Smooth Operator. Y'all got it in your car right now. Some of you do. Yeah, you do. She was the founder of that. Now, the question is, have you been, some people are like, what, 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 what is that? Just ask some brother or sisters sitting next to you. They, they, they let you know. Now, 
The question is, have you become a smooth operator at home? Are you coming up with schemes because you're trying to hide something? Hiding things on your phone. I mean, nowadays, they're getting real clever now. Uh, you know, I had to finally give in and, and get a new phone, and I'm fiddling. I'm, I'm terrible when it comes to technology. Finally, I had to get a new phone, and so the girl was showing me that the phone that I have, because she had the same one, you know, now it, 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 uh, face recognition. You and to unlock the phone, you put it up. You put it up yourself, and <laughs> and and it recognizes you. So folks can be fooling around. You can truly be a smooth operator because no one else looks like you. No one has those eyeballs. And I'm just like, wow. Everyone is coming up with ways by which they can hide things, hide things on your job, hide things from your friends. Oh, Luke 8, 17, Jesus said, there is nothing secret that will not be revealed nor anything hidden that will not be known or come to light. We all have secrets. No one in here is exempt from secrets. This is why David said in Psalm 19, verse 12, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. In other words, no matter what we are trying to hide, we'll become known just like these spies. The king knew that they came to Rahab's house. And so to the king of kings, Jesus Christ knows what it is we're trying to hide. He wants to expose it to heal us. And this is why Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, He who covers his sins shall not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes it shall find mercy. God wants us to confess our secret faults and our sins to him and forsake them. When we refuse after several attempts, this is when he brings it out publicly. Just know whenever anyone has anything that has come out publicly that God has already tried to prompt them to confess it privately. I, I, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in many people's lives. Just know anything that has come out publicly to your spouse, come out publicly to friends or on the job, that God was behind the scenes through several attempts to get you to confess it to him privately. This is, this is, God is not, and, and, and when God exposes it, he's not trying to be mean. He's trying to get us to stop. But we refuse after several attempts to stop. So he has to bring it out. Then when it comes out in the open, then, you know, the tears and we're crying and it's, it's, it's a mess. And, and it's to get us to stop. This is why. And all of us, all of us have secrets. We have secrets we don't want anyone else to know. And the Lord wants us to confess these things to him privately. That's why David said, cleanse me from secret faults. David had secrets. 
People have secrets. And he wants us to expose those things. He wants us to confess those things to him before he has to make it, make it public. Then Rahab, she tells them that the men did come to her house, which was the truth. Then she lies about their present whereabouts. And this is what having secret faults will do to us. It will cause us to constantly lie. And after a period of time, we can become professional liars. We, we, and this is a scary thought. What, what happens is we, as children, the Bible says in, um, Ephesians 5 1, it says, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. So we're called to imitate God. Uh, uh, the Greek word for imitate is mimetis, where we get mimic from. Mimic is a person who imitates the words and actions of another individual. So we're called to be mimics of God as dear children. Children imitate their parents. This is why people used to say long time ago, you don't need walls that can talk when you have children. They, they'll tell it. They'll tell what's going on in the home. You don't need walls talking. Kids talk. My mommy and my daddy, they were fighting. And they go to school telling that. And then the teacher's like, uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Trump, can we have a conference? Because little Johnny here just, see. So we're called to imitate God. So what happens is when we lie, we're now imitating the father of lies, which is Satan. John 8, 44 calls Satan the father of lies. So when we have secret faults, we have to lie about things. And instead of us imitating God as dear children, we're imitating Satan. That's a scary thought. Scary thought. And let me tell you something, a lie can come out of our mouths as quick as the truth. It just, boom! Boom! That's why the Bible said the tongue is a deadly thing. It, 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 James chapter 3 said the tongue is so wicked and deadly that it is connected to hell itself. That is heavy. That, 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 that lie would just, just flap out our mouth like boom. Wow. Now, verse 6 confirms that they had flat roofs at that time because they did. They had flat roofs that they we use flax to flax to, to to cover them. Now, in this particular area, flax is known to grow three to four feet high. So, as this, the flax is laying over the flat roof, it was easy for these spies to hide up under uh, this flax. Flax was used for oil. It was used for linen. It was used for uh, making ropes. Um, we we use a different type of material for ropes, but. Uh, they used flax at that particular time, so it had a variety of use. And, and so she used that to cover these, these men up. Look what it says in verses 8 through 14. It says, now before they uh, lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. 
And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sister and all uh, that they have and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours. If none of you, uh, if none of you tell this business of ours and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Now, in these wonderful verses, we see the incredible conversion of Rahab. She had faith in God, according to verse 9, when she says, I know that the Lord has given you the land. She had a knowledge based upon what, uh, a knowledge of God based upon what he did for the Israelites by drying up the Red Sea, according to verse 10. She feared God evidenced by the condition of her heart in verse 11. She also had an understanding of who God is in verse 11 when she says he is the God in heaven above and earth beneath. She was saved based upon what Romans 10, 9 would later say if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Something she clearly did. Based upon Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith itself. And all the people that are mentioned in that hall of faith, whose name is mentioned as a person having great faith? Rahab. She is mentioned in James chapter 2 verse 25 as a woman who put her faith into action. Finally, she is mentioned in Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So with all of this said about Rahab being a woman of great faith, she was also a bit fat liar. She lied to the officers of the king, and 1 Peter 2.17 will later say, honored the king. She lied to him. She she deceived them into hurrying and going after them because they may catch up with them. And when she knew that they were up on the roof. So how do we reconcile this? This Rahab, this woman of great faith was a big fat liar too. How do we reconcile this? And many scholars, they wrestle, you should read some of the commentary, these guys. Because they, they don't want to realize that people like Rahab are just like us. You want to know how we reconcile this? Easy. How many of you have lied before? Are you saved? Yeah. This is how we reconcile this incident. The Bible is not filled with perfect people who never sin. The Bible is filled with imperfect people that God has graciously saved and used. He uses people like us who sin, deceive, have secret faults. So he can get the glory out of our lives. He gives us the Holy Spirit to convict us uh, of such sin, deception, 
and tomfoolery to make us more like Jesus Christ. The mess we do and the sin we commit will be dealt with at the judgment seat of Christ. We will not be judged for our sins. That was dealt with at Calvary's cross. But what we did in this life will either be wood, hay, and straw, or gold, silver, and precious stones, based upon 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. So the secret faults, sins, or impure motives will not endure the fire of God's judgment. Like wood, hay, and straw cannot endure fire. But the things we did for the Lord with a pure heart, with pure motives, will be like gold, silver, and precious stones. And these are things that endure the fire. If the Word Made Plain has been a source of inspiration and encouragement to you, why not consider becoming a Word Made Plain giving partner to keep this listener-supported program on the air? As a giving partner, you join forces with Calvary Chapel Newport News' kingdom vision of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can make your tax-deductible gift online at calvarynn.org or send your gift of any amount to 15553 Warwick Boulevard, Newport News, Virginia, 23608 and receive a gift from Calvary Chapel Newport News as our thank you. In addition to your financial support, we ask that you pray for the Word Made Plain broadcast, that it touches hearts and generates change in the lives of people around the world. We pray you've been blessed by God's Word today and hope you'll tune in next time to hear The Word Made Plain.